Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and this week, the gaming adventure creates a story of its own as we begin our journey into the massive world of Metopia, where the narrative is in our hands. Then we're headed to the chaos-ravaged city of Tokyo as the Demi-Fiend in the opening hours of Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Rising from the depths of true Fall Guys royalty comes the Dark Knight. And who's that behind him? Why, it's none other than the King of Crowns himself. The winner of over 200 crowns of one week, the Pink Wizard. And in the other corner is the Markers on the Map crew, Daniel and Robert, stepping up at the chance at glory. And then couple rounds later, I fall off and I'm like, Robert! You fell off. What What round was it? It was snow? It was something stupid. It was something stupid. There's always something stupid. But you're still in, Robert. You're still in. You got, the, you got in. a chance. You got a chance. Hall. Pink Wizard, winner of Crown League. And there we are in Thin Ice. Oh boy, Thin Ice, right? Thin Ice, my... Was it a zero okay gravity one? Thin Ice? It was zero gravity Thin Ice. Ooh. That's a tough one. People are good at that one. I wonder who won that crown. I don't know. We never know. No, I'm just kidding. You totally won that crown. (laughs) Bro, talk about... I don't play Fall Guys that often. I only play realistically when it's you and me, whenever I have just someone else to play with. Talk about a dub. (laughs) For real. I was was shouting. You popped off. (laughs) I popped up. Think think about it like this. The next day, I got a Warzone dub, and I was just like, cool. Like, I was just like, all right, we won. When I got that Fall Guys dub against the Pink Wizard and the Black Knight, I popped off my chair. Dude, that was very exciting. Because, you know, Pink Wizard is the Crown League winner. Like, there was, like, ten of those given away for, like, the top ten people who earned crowns a week. So, like, beating that person is is quite the achievement. Like, we, we went up against the Gold Knight the other day, and I was so close, but Fall Mountain was my downfall. Fall Mountain was your downfall, and also I wasn't there for the end round. I feel like it was double our chances if both of us were there, but I didn't qualify. The thing is, I think the Pink Wizard is probably a tougher opponent because the Gold Knight is cumulative. It's over time, you know, your 2,500 crowns or whatever. But the Pink Wizard had to do like 200 plus in one week (laughs) to get that. That's one of them. That was one of them. So all I'm saying is where my Gold Wizard costume at. Yeah, bring a gold wizard. Co- it, it's a gold costume to surpass the gold knight. <laughs> Fall guys oh. moments. Fall guys moments. We love them. We love them here. <laughs> it's it's been a week, and we've come from watch watches in a week from the special. We're gonna hate these to they're not putting as much dumb ones anymore, like uh, button bashers. Yeah, but I was playing a couple of rounds last night, and button bashers showed up. And let me tell you this: I saw the craziest strategy i've ever seen on button bashers yesterday what you saw two people were up against each other the round Uh was over but they were tied one and one for overtime so they just stood there hugging each other for like five minutes there was 10 people who qualified basically and won the round but only three of them stayed i was like i wonder what's gonna happen i wonder how many people are gonna leave this match because these two are just hugging each other for like five minutes and like there was no countdown timer to end it all I don't even know how it ended. I I blinked and it was over. <laughs> Bro, I I don't like those matches. Blink when it's over. I've I had I've had a couple of those. I was like, what happened? It was in overtime. It just stayed there, and I, they they weren't moving or anything. And then they moved, and then they started emoting after like three minutes. And I was like, okay, is anybody gonna make a move? I'm sure the people that actually won this match of button bashers, which was not me, are are ready to move on to the final. But like seven of them left. Oh, no. I don't get it. You know what? It's a special episode this week (laughs) because it's our 40th episode of Markers on the Map. That's quite an achievement. 10 more to 50. 10 more to 50. As always, I'm Daniel, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Robert. Aside from that epic Fall Guys win, how have you been this week? 
Been alright, actually. I don't know. Is everything still kind of normal? S. Kind of yeah, getting things there. are getting back to normal. They're getting there. Uh, how was your week? I've been very tired, and I've not had a ton of time for games. Yet, the games keep coming out. Relentlessly, they keep coming out. So, I'm going to have to find the time for them eventually. And with the power of a swift edit, we are back. And like I was saying, I picked up a game on the PlayStation sale this week. I picked up Samurai Showdown 6 for the PS2. That's the one you bought for like a dollar, right? Was three bucks. Oh, it's three bucks. I mean, yeah, give or take a dollar. That's big, that's really good for a game, though. Yeah, a game that has forty plus characters. I I can't remember if it was forty one or forty seven. But that's besides the point. This game has something. This game has a feature that we've talked about on this podcast before. I think I remember this feature. You might remember a classic SNES beat 'em up entitled "The Peacekeepers," starring Al from The Peacekeepers. I remember Al from Peacekeepers. You remember in that game you could go into the options and change the color values of any of the characters and enemies and objects and stuff? A detail from, what, like, that game came out in 94? Something that most Something games still don't 90s. do to this day? Yeah, it's like, that was a crazy or detail. They'll sell you could actually change every color. That's true, too. There's a color editor in this game for every oh. character and every oh. pixel. Listen to Talk me. Talk about dreams. It's incredible. Dreams. That's that's what episode 40 is going to be about. Dreams. Because there's stuff that's happening after we record this podcast that will be news for next week's that could potentially be dreams. So, Samurai Showdown 6. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it at some point. Ooh, However. Uh, I forgot to mention, I got to episode 2 of Death Stranding. Oh, so you're on that Death Stranding. Now, that's yeah, a game we're going to have two. to have a big special about at some point. We're, yeah. We're going to have to delve into that one. That's, that's going to be its own episode. Yeah, it's getting there, but I'm already on episode two. Nice. Anyway, shall we start off with some news? Yeah, we should start off with news to this week. All right. Capcom did another Monster Hunter Rise event this morning. They also did some Monster Hunter Stories 2 information, but I'm not super interested in that just yet so i've not really looked it over yet i i've been pretty busy this morning but i wanted to check out what new monsters they were adding they are adding um a new variant of valstrax who is the flagship monster of monster hunter generations he's like a like a fighter jet version of a monster hunter monster pretty much and they're adding a new apex apex zenogre zenogre is one of the classic monster hunter monsters um he's that like lightning wolf thing very fun to fight they're going to add like a more definitive ending to the story because as you know um monster hunter rise did not launch with like an ending it kind of launched with a cliffhanger that was going to be continued by some of the post-launch dlc so there's going to be some new missions there's going to probably be some new dlc content for purchase with this update which is apparently launching shortly after we recorded this podcast i believe the next day they're going to add normal missions for your Apex Diablos, your Apex Rathalos, stuff like that, where you can just go fight that Apex instead of having to do one of those. I'm forgetting what they're called, the like tower defense missions in Monster Hunter Rise. I haven't played in a while because I've not had the time, but Monster Hunter Rise is still, I think, the best in the series because of approachability. Oh, I agree with you entirely on that. It just seems like we are at a point where the way the old games work is something that the like longtime fans of the series like but i don't like when people are saying oh you're making it too casual or whatever we've talked about this before but come on yeah like keep everybody engaged don't keep just that portion that likes the old style monster hunter engaged there's still very modern old style monster hunters like gen ultimate that they could go play there's thousands of hours of content on there but if you're looking to get into the into the series world at an extent but rises is a great starting point i i agree with keeping i i don't like the terminology casual in the in the sense of they're saying people who just want to get into a game and just play and have fun no weight needed no process of thinking of like i really have to try just like you go and play a game and they, they consider that casual yeah to, to me it's just like enjoy the game yeah Enjoy the game. You just you should just always hop. A game should always have you just hop in, play, and have fun. You should never have to map out an entire strategy on what to do. Exactly. And actually, 
we're going to touch upon that with another game that's coming out. This this issue of being able to enjoy the game you want, how you want. When you want. Where you want. All right. So Virtua Fighter 5 is getting a remaster called Virtua Fighter 5 Showdown. It's going to be like a PS4 exclusive remake, and that leads us into our our PS Plus news for, for the month. <laughs> it's coming to PS oh Plus boy. next week. I'm actually really hyped for this. I I'm I'm in need of a new fighter like and Virtual Fighter. That's that's a classic one. So I'm I'm looking forward to this Sega putting out a Virtual Fighter Five remake. <laughs> uh, I mean, you really look at the, what what's the king of fighting games? It's Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, without a doubt. Like Tekken, Guilty Gear, and Dragon Balls get their little sprinkles of love, but the one two that are always there is gonna be like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, which I have both, but you don't have Mortal Kombat. So, in your perspective of getting a new fighting game, yeah, you are probably craving for a new one. And Virtual Fighter yeah. Five is more what is like Tekken esque. In a way, it's like Tekken esque. Maybe like it's it's definitely something where you can move around in you know a three hundred and sixty degree field. But I've always felt like people have said Virtua Fighter Five is the it's got the high. It's got like the higher skill ceiling, like it's a mm-hmm. very competitive, I guess, and a little more okay. technical. That's what I've heard. I've I've played around with uh, the Virtual Fighter Five like thing on on Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, definitely seems like something you need to get used to, but hopefully with a modern port. Like Virtual Fighter Five is a PS3 game, so hopefully with a modern port, they're gonna redo some of the like menu systems and everything. Maybe make it more feel more like a, a 2021 release. So it's coming to PS Plus. That's very exciting because it was just announced, basically. But you know what else is coming to PS Plus? Star Wars Squadrons. Ooh, we've talked about that game on here. <laughs> Talk about a game that. They most likely just put it out just to be like, eh, we'll put it out, and it actually did get a good following, like, fan base, because they've added updates to that game. Yeah, and I'm hoping that the PS Plus release kind of revitalizes the online. They're giving it out yeah. for free, so maybe that'll, like, reinvigorate the online, because it wasn't, like, super packed at the start, even, but hey, give give us a free Star Wars like flying game first person great graphics good gameplay it's very it's again technical it's very technical it's it's a little tricky it's a little hard to get used to it's very it's not like approachable from like the sense that i want to go play this arcade like flight sim it's 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 a little more Mm -hmm. technical than that but it's so much fun (laughs) it's so much fun i can't wait i'm gonna re-download my copy Please, Star Wars Battle Squadrons, don't add a Battle Pass system because it's it went free to play on PlayStation Plus. Don't make that mistake. I don't think they're gonna add a Battle Pass system. They I hope they don't. They have like a they have like a season based thing, but the seasons are like three months and have like one reward, so it's like don't even worry about it. I am mad yeah. I missed out on some of those Prime Gaming helmets though that I did not know about. <laughs> We're also getting Operation Tango, a co-op game. I don't quite know what it is, but just based off the description online, it sounds like it might be something like We Were Here, where you kind of have to like help your friend out with whatever task you're doing. I'm, I'm not 100% sure about that, but that's what it sounds like to me. I wish more co-op games were made like... Think about it like Left 4 Dead. It was a full-player co-op game. Games like We Were Here is a co-op game. Resident yeah. Evil 5 is a co-op. I want more co-op because it's so much fun playing with a friend with the story, finding enemies that are robots instead of just like sweating it out in a in a you know player versus player game. We like co-op games here on this year podcast. It's so much fun. <laughs> you never get mad at. I mean, you get mad, but obviously you can deliver the difficulty. You never get mad because someone else is just better than you in the game. It's just like oh, just play and then. But whatever difficulty you want, just have fun with it. This is why I like like Monster Hunter or God Eater or all of that stuff because like you're not competing with people. I like Borderlands because you're not competing with people. Don't put a battle exactly. royale in Borderlands. Keep it in Fallout seventy six. <laughs> so that's PS Plus games. Here's something I think is cool, and it goes back to what I was saying about Monster Hunter. So we know how like. Naughty Dog did those accessibility features for Last of Us Part 2. Well, I like how mm-hmm. Sony games are going all in on the accessibility angle. So, um, Ratchet & Clank Rift Aparts got their accessibility features list revealed. And there's, like, some basic stuff on here. Um, there's, you know, your difficulty levels, your auto-aim, your aim assist, or, like, strong aim, or, like, 
default or strong aim assist, stuff like that. Um, lock on, you can highlight things, highlight enemies, highlight your characters. And so we, we've got, you know, stuff that we expect in games now. But Rift Apart it seems to be going a step further, and I love this. Um, just looking at this, I'm, I'm going to pick one out that's my favorite. There's a game speed option. And now, mm. Celeste does this. And I've not played Celeste, but Celeste does this. You can slow the game down. Say, maybe you don't want to be in... Maybe you're not in the mood to react in a certain way. Or react as quick as the game wants you to. You lower the speed of Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart to 70%, 50%, 30%. I am... 100% on board with this being an option because does options ever hurt anybody no it only lets people no. customize their game how they want and i'm all for that and more games should do that oh i i agree completely that more games should add i don't know it's surprising how i haven't really thought about it in the sense that we haven't seen much of it until now yeah so i like, like how it's like becoming a big years, thing accessibility yeah. features and that's good what got me thinking about it at the start was the adaptive triggers on the PS5. Yeah. Some people don't want to have to press the, the button all the way down to pull back on the arrow. I don't want to do it half the time. So the fact that you can turn that off as easily as just pressing the PS button and going to the DualSense menu, turning it off, or some games give you the option to lower like how much resistance it'll give but then some games i've noticed have not some games don't let you turn off the adaptive triggers even in the game so you have to go to the dual sense menu i won't name those games but i think that all games should have the option if they're using adaptive triggers to to turn them off in game yes but i was thinking about this game speed option that would be so cool for something like sekiro because you can speed up Sekiro on PC. So I just thought it'd be cool to touch upon that and throw in our support for all games having really cool accessibility features so anybody can enjoy a game any way they want to. Next up, Dead by Daylight is getting its Resident Evil crossover. And why don't you tell us about this one? I'm not that much of a Dead by Daylight expert. I only occasionally play it when friends want to, but... Uh, never really play as the, as the monster. I always really play as, like, the, the survivor. I always have to turn on all the lights and get out of there. But, um, I did see the full video of the demo, and they did say that the demo is subject to change. It's just, a just what we have so far, and you know things can change, but it's Resident Evil's two entire, uh, map, basically. It's the entire police station. Oh, so it is the RPD? Yeah, it's the entire police station, uh, rooms and everything. So I f feel like, if honestly, you've played Resident Evil 2, you probably have an advantage knowing where everything's at. Like, if you've, if you've run that game a bunch of times? Oh, yeah. If you run that game a bunch of times, you know that entire map. Oh, maybe it might be time to crack open my copy of Dead by Daylight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's Leon, Jill, and Nemesis, right? So we were kind of on yeah, the money so with that. Yeah, Nemesis is, is the villain, and then Leon and Jill are the survivors. Usually, cool. most monsters have a gimmick. I'm not sure what Nemesis' gimmick really is. I know that his default attack looked like it was like a a tentacle. Like You know how like the uh, the Nemesis has like a tentacle that comes out of his arm? Like, it can grab people and stuff like that? Yeah. It's kind of like, in, in a way, a whip. Like, you can just like whip it out and hit someone at a certain distance, but it has to be... It has to be pretty close. It can't be that far away. I've seen where Jill is only a couple feet away and he does his attack, but it still misses. So it's like you have to really be on point with it. So like I said, it's subject to change. It could all change. Maybe they make it go a little bit longer, but uh, his gimmick, I haven't really seen in full. We only really got the demo, but... It was like a five-minute video, right? Yeah, it was like a five-minute video. No, not really no talking. It was just like, you know, showing just what gameplay they have available. Yeah. I don't know, like I said, it's very very bare bones on what we got. Like I said, they didn't really say anything. It was just what you can really make out. Like I said, I'm not really that much of a dead by dealer. That's all the realistic that I can make out of the video. Well, it's a good crossover, and they chose the right characters, if if not the obvious characters. So, hey, maybe they could put Ethan Winters in, and we can finally see his face, right? <laughs> I think we do see and his face. I think there is a model for him. There is a model for him, but we don't see it in-game. True. Anyway... There's going to be Horizon State of Play that got announced 
for Horizon Forbidden West. So we're gonna be talking about that next week. But really, really, we we gotta we gotta we gotta stop right here and we gotta talk about something potentially groundbreaking here on some major the markers on the news. Some dreamlike news. This this is the episode of dreams. After this recording, literally not even a day after there there will be a sonic central presentation for the 30th anniversary and as you saw uh robert that 30th anniversary video that sega posted is really amazing and as a lifelong sonic fan like it really struck a chord with me it was like the pokemon um like 20 or 25th anniversary video but but Mm -hmm. better because (laughs) i don't know i just got the feels from it but listen if they announce Sonic 3 and Knuckles a re-release with the original Ice Cap Zone music at that Sonic Central presentation. I'm gonna flip out, man. I'm gonna go nuts. I don't know how many people that I personally know or even heard on the internet to ask, hey, put that original Ice Cap Zone music. Like, you hear people asking for Sonic 3 and Knuckles re-release all the time. It's not mm-hmm. available on modern consoles. Not in one. But but what with the original Ice Cap Zone music? Could, could Sega pull this off? Could Sega do this for I mean, that's, me? For us? That, that's something that I I don't... Like I said, I hear people complain that Sonic 3 is not available at consoles, but in the, also in the sense of where is the original music? I've always been a fan of original everything, the way yeah. it's always been produced. And think about this. You might not know this, but there are ports of Sonic 1 and Sonic 2 for iOS. Those are considered to be the best ports of the Sonic games. Now, those versions have not been released on consoles either. So I'm thinking, take the iOS ports, have that group work on Sonic 3 and Knuckles, release them as a collection. That's the dream. I like the idea of Sonic and Knuckles, which I hope is true, but I really want Mania 2. Dude, Mania 2 would be nuts, too. Imagine Mania 2, but with Ice Cap Zone. Oh, Oh. Now, Mania 2 with Ice Cap Zone. With a remix by T-Lopes? Come on. <laughs> Think about it. And and at the same time, I wouldn't mind a Sonic 3D Games collection. I love the Sonic 3D Games. I think the worst one is Sonic Adventure 1. I love Sonic Adventure 2. I love Heroes. I love Shadow the Hedgehog. Don't even at me. I love Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> and we've talked about that Honestly, here before. I like, I like Sonic Unleashed. I like I Sonic Unleashed too. Care. I just don't like the Werehog stages. See, now that's the problem because you played like what the Wii version. I played the Wii version, which is the same as the PS2 version, and I think those are considered superior to the PS3 and 360. Which versions. is funny. I like the PS3. I like the I play the 360 version. Yeah, you like the Werehog levels, right? It's it's in the in the. Think Do about you it like, like the this. normal Sonic levels. Yo, yeah, I love I love the end game. The only thing I don't like is the final boss battle. Honestly, that's like the one thing I honestly don't like. I don't like the final boss battle in any Sonic game. So- Sonic, if it was Sonic Unleashed, it was just regular Sonic running fast. It's just like it's another Sonic game. It actually did something different. And yeah. honestly, I don't think they did anything wrong. It had platforming. It was a 3D platform when we did the werewolf part. So I liked it. What I didn't like was that for every one like 3D Sonic stage, which were awesome in Unleashed, there was like three or four Werehog stages. It just didn't make sense to me to have that many. I will, I will agree there were too much of having to go back to the same type of area and redoing just with a different objective. There was a lot of that, but yeah. I didn't have a problem playing it. There were some difficult spikes where the enemy was too difficult or hard to reach, and I'd either fallen off the stage or something like that. But I ap- appreciate that Sonic only to try to do something different. Yeah, it did try to do something different. And you know who else, You know who's in that game? Chip. Chip. The homie Chip. Chip. Oh, man, Chip 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 i don't know how i feel about chip i don't know i just like I mean, saying yeah, chip he's the yellow ranger in mystic force and power you know and all that but i don't know how i feel about he him and, you know sonic <laughs> unleash yeah sonic unleash is pretty good i liked eggman land but eggman land in the ps3 360 version is a little different and a little more taxing oh, that <laughs> one's that, that stage was difficult yeah it wasn't as bad on the wii version i don't think i think it was a little more seamless so uh, I've I've always wanted to play the PS3 version. I've never gotten around to it. And um, I saw a mock-up on a forum of a PS5 box art for Sonic Adventure 3. And I got to thinking, wouldn't that be awesome? 
a real Sonic Adventure three. I don't know. I uh, I don't know how I feel about three D Sonic in that. I love the three D <sighs> Sonics. I grew up with the three D. I didn't grow up. There's a difference. I didn't grow up on those. I think we can agree on one thing. What's gonna get announced tomorrow? If it's not Sonic 3 and Knuckles with the original Ice Cab Zone music, it's probably going to be Sonic R2 with an all-new vocal soundtrack. So, you heard it here <laughs> first. <laughs> Actually, the news will be out before this show comes out. <laughs> we'll, we'll either be crying from joy or by, <laughs> by sadness, but it not being the dream. Check the Twitter, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, the tweet will probably be up before this episode goes out because this episode's going up on Friday, so... You'll know. <laughs> anyway, I do have one little teeny tiny bit of news left. It's a Nintendo Direct rumor I got right here. Ooh. And it's sponsored by Markers on the Map presents Trial by Energy Drink. This week's flavor is Leaderboard Lime. And, uh, well, it's for a game called Yoshi's Cooking. Denizens of the Mushroom Kingdom, there's a problem, that's for sure. Garbage! Trash! Rubbish! And I do mean quite literally! What is this? This is like the slop that Bowser's minions get. This is so bad it could take a life off white Tanuki Mario. This is what makes Goombas fall off ledges. It's foul! It's rotten! It's disgusting! This is what's wrong with anime. A calamity! And I'm not talking about Breath of the Wild. Why couldn't I live in that world? Why can't I live in the world of Monster Hunter? Or even Cooking Mama! Slams fist. Why am I here in this dreadful, terrible, awful place? What's going on, Chef Yoshi? Well, Green Yoshi, I'm out of ideas. Wait, that's it! You're a genius, Green Yoshi, a genius! The stakes have never been rarer in my new Nintendo Switch experience. I call it Yoshi's Cooking, a competition for the ages. I take two teams of toads and put them through a gauntlet of culinary challenges and see who's best. Then I take the winners and put them through even tougher challenges to determine who's good enough to work in my restaurant in New Donk City, Le Grand Yoshi. Choose a team and customize your disastrous chef as you go through grueling gourmet games to satisfy our panel of judges. Including Green Yoshi, Birdo, and Wart from Super Mario Bros. 2. Each of them has different tastes, so your dishes will have to be perfect to satisfy the lot of them. Learn the ins and outs of running the kitchen as you dive headfirst into my incredible story mode, where the search for the perfect chef is just the start. Watch out for biting commentary and criticism. That cheap cheap is raw! That's raw cheap cheap! Would you eat this cheap cheap? Throw it in the garbage and start over! Who wants raw cheap cheap? Face a humiliating exit if your dishes aren't up to par with the rest of the competition. Take off your vest and leave my kitchen. Come back when you know how to boil some blooper and pickle a little piranha plant. Speaking of piranha plant, this salad is bland. It's disgusting. Where are the vegetables? Where's the sauce, the flavor, the bioware magic? These tragic toads will learn yet. Bring in the guest panelists. Let's see how you fare when you're cooking for royalty when Princess Peach herself shows up. Bring on the madness in my online modes where wannabe chefs from all over the globe compete to win the hearts of our gluttonous group of judges and face new ones through an expansive online season. Perfect your craft and adapt into new challenges in this ever-evolving cooking conundrum. With over 500 of my famous recipes that can be modified in millions of ways, the competition never has to end. Always improve. Don't let me down, and you just might become head chef at La Grand Yoshi in Yoshi's Cooking, only for your Nintendo Switch. And don't worry, the game is quite well done, all connotations considered. This Chef Yoshi reminds me of somebody. I can't quite, I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't know. Might be a Mario villain from the TV show. A Mario villain from the TV show? Maybe, maybe, maybe. So how are we feeling about a cooking game taking place in the Mario universe? We've not had this yet. Hmm. I mean, they've had a ghost hunting game. They've They've had had puzzle games. They have a cart racing game. Why not cooking? Think about that. I mean, Yoshi's yarn exists. Yeah, Yoshi's yarn does exist. 
And there's a kingdom so, in Super Mario Odyssey that's like a cooking kingdom where there's like like food based enemies and you like launch yourself off the forks. So this is logical. This seems logical for Nintendo and the amount of recipes on display is staggering um, from this rumor 500 that can be, you know, redone and remixed in millions of ways just like real recipes. I mean, when when's what's the last game you've played that had a food themed world or level? Something Kirby maybe? Actually, I'm struggling to think of that. There's got to be one, but like Kirby See? definitely does. Um Mario Odyssey, but I've that was like four years ago. Mario Odyssey. <laughs> it's been a while. Hmm. I think. Yeah. I don't remember the last one I had that was a food theme world. Now, with this being said, I it, I just it it's it's striking something with me. It, it reminds me of a show. I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't know what show I'm thinking of, but this whole comp this whole food competition is like, and, and there's 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 the chef Yoshi, of course. He's a very like prominent new character in the mario universe i'm assuming and new donk city we're going back to new donk city for a, for a look at this legron yoshi um restaurant so we're adding to the lore of course but something about this character just i can't put my finger on it hmm. and he's saying there's know. raw cheap cheap there's raw cheap cheap robert would you want to eat raw cheap cheap never it does i don't know it's, it's it's on the tip of my tongue but i can't figure it out you mean me neither and just to say, did you want to eat this raw cheap cheap? <laughs> no. I would never. You're right. You got to throw it in the trash. It's not again. I'm looking forward to this game. I like it. I like it when they step out of the box with these Switch games. <laughs> I, think, I don't know. What's the, I think, what, Yoshi's Cookie? Or what is that puzzle? Like Tetris? That's the last food game. Think about that. That was a puzzle game for the NES. I believe it's on the Switch Online. Is it? Yeah, it's on the Switch Online. It should be. Yeah, it's like a, a puzzle-based game. And now we've got like a Cooking Mama-esque, but probably got that whole Switch magic going on with it. So, yeah, I'd say I'd say this is one to keep an eye out on. But it just reminds me of something. I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about some games. <laughs> <laughs> I've not gotten to play much of this first one we'll talk about, but Metopia. Metopia is that one with a cool demo where you could take advantage of the Me Creator to make all your favorite game, TV show, movie characters. I don't know. It seems like the ultimate crossover we were talking about. But um, I decided to pick up Metopia, and you know, I just made me as my main character, except I gave myself like green hair or whatever, like <laughs> as I want to do um, in a uh, video game. But I think at the surface level, Metopia is a cute little turn-based rpg you it's kind of like an idle game in that you're like auto walking you auto walk and then you'll stop for battles or to like pick up in to like pick open chests and get items mm -hmm. and everything and then after a little while of traveling maybe two battles maybe there might be a bigger enemy or a boss you will go to an inn and you can put your characters in rooms so that they can become friendly with each other and it's kind of like persona social links where like at friendship level one they'll do show off so like they'll get like a stat boost or something when when your character does something or they'll like do healing or they'll like power another character up and then you can choose like personality types personality types will unlock other abilities during combat there's a job system where you could have like your knight like my character's a knight but then my party members are like one's a wizard one is a pop star one is a thief. There we go. One's a thief. A thief? And yeah, because the thief is like a, the classic Final Fantasy class. You can have a thief. Mm -hmm. So he's good at like taking items or whatever, scavenging items from enemies. So my thief character can take like an HP banana, which heals the team um, from an enemy. They'll be like, a, oh, let me do this thief action and go take an HP banana. And the story revolves around this dark master, this shadow like lord. Um, stealing the faces from townspeople and putting the faces on enemies. So basically you defeat an enemy, someone's face goes back and flies to that character, they get their face back. That's Metopia on the surface level. Mm -hmm. um, there's little games like a rock, paper, scissors, turn money. You, you can... You, it, there's not a shop in a traditional sense it'll show like a little bubble over your character that says what they want so you can give them money and they might come back with what they want but they might come back with something else and i get really upset when that happens because it seems like the money doesn't come as like often as you want it to it's very charming 
I've not gotten a horse yet. I've only played a couple of hours, but um, that's that's me Toby on a surface level. Sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. And I was looking up that it's it's about thirty hours. I was gonna bring that up. That how is this game a thirty hour game? Based on what I'm seeing, I've not hit a whole bunch of plot points yet, but I can see this being thirty hours. And you can also fast forward through like this auto walking thing. So I'm wondering it'll be if it'll be thirty hours without fast forward or if I'll end up doing it in twenty. But it's also very relaxing to kind of just let the auto run do its stuff for a while. This seems like a good podcast game, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, you know, one where you play the stakes are pretty low, you turn on a podcast, but I'm afraid to because some of the music has been pretty good lately especially the great sage music i'm like oh wow i'd be mad if i didn't hear that one but at a surface level like i'm saying pretty charming cute little game what i think the potential comes from is the ability to create a narrative through characters i toyed around a little with the character creator and the uh, like you can make anybody It, it takes some work sure but you can also go on and get people's codes that they post and download their characters. So I will tell you the plot of my Metopia game. Daniel from Markers on the Map is uh, wandering around the map, we'll call it, when from a distant land comes the shape-shifting master of darkness, Aku. You know, from Samurai Jack. Of course. Of and course, Aku is stealing doing. people's faces. And Mm. Daniel needs to go save them. So Jolene Cujo from Stone Ocean joins him. And Hermes Costello, also from Stone Ocean, joins him. And they start to go on adventures. And they're going on adventures for a while when 2B from Nier joins the party as a pop star. And then when all seems lost and Aku is getting ready to unleash a very powerful attack, Great Sage Hank Hill from King of the Hill comes and saves Mm -hmm. the day this is the plot of my metopia game and the cool thing about that is that it's not the plot of anyone else's metopia game and that's to say that's the magic of this game where it's any any plot could happen for you You can make whatever you want exactly and you can change the characters out at any time if i'm sick of hank hill and i don't know why i would be i could switch him out i have um star platinum as a Nintendo fan in my game. So I go visit Star Platinum when I want to scan in an, ami- an amiibo and get an amiibo costume. Like, the possibilities for this are endless. Um, I've got Dio assigned to a character. I've got Among Us crewmates assigned to a character that's going to show up later. I have Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star <laughs> assigned to a character that's going to show up later. So, at, at, at its surface level, Metopia is is basic... It's a little simplistic. It's very cute and charming and chill. But on a meta level here, or we're going places with Metopia. I could have a Metopia report in a couple of weeks and I'll be like, oh, it was devastating. Samurai Jack came back from the past and, 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 and all that stuff. The Scotsman was there and there was Bubsy. I need to see if somebody made a Bubsy. Someone out there has made him. I, I mean, there's, there's a Mega no Man. Doubt. There's Knuckles. I need to download me a Knuckles. <laughs> I mean, who do, who even cares about Knuckles? Like, Bubsy's a much bigger mascot. Oh, you don't say that here? Not here? They're both equal. Come on, Bubsy. Compared to Knuckles, who's going to win the fight? Which one has Ice Caps on? I got you not, there. <laughs> not, even, not any versions of the new Sonic 3. Uh, there are no new versions of Sonic 3. Uh, anyway, that's Metopia. Should I touch on Shin Megami Tensei 3 real quick? Uh, yeah, if you want to. You barely picked it up yesterday, but I think if you have any news about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been waiting for this for a long time. I've never played Shin Megami Tensei 3. It's one of the few like modern Shin Megami Tensei games I've not ever played before. Um, I've even played Soul Hackers for the 3DS, but um, I'm not too far in because I just started yesterday. I've been very busy. And I don't have a lot to say about it yet, but one thing that Shin Megami Tensei 3 does off the bat that very few games, I think, can pull off is atmosphere. You feel what Shin Megami Tensei 3 wants you to feel right from the start. It's very Mm -hmm. eerily empty. 
the characters are presented to in a way that's they're they're facing you and they're just there there's nobody else around them you're just talking to somebody the hallways are void of people some of the hallways in the in this amala network that i went into are like they they seem almost gilded the floor has like red lights streaming through it um your character himself has weird tattoos on his body because he's been changed basically into a demon called the demi fiend and as a fan of shin megami tensei 4 seeing some of these systems when they were first like envisioned that carried over into that has been a real treat so far but the tone of this game this is this doesn't seem like a game you want to play when you when you be happy it literally starts out with the world basically coming to an end and you're you're now talking to like wayward souls or demons like loki or you know fornius that have come to the surface uh, and are now taking over this destroyed and collapsed tokyo so i have to say merciful difficulty is a blessing because more than anything I want to experience the world, the tone, the themes, and the experience of Shin Megami Tensei 3 without having that original, classic, crushing difficulty um, that I know the game is notorious for. So I'm going to go ahead and admit it. I'm playing on easy mode. We talked about this at the top of the show. I don't care. I'm going to play my game so I want it. <laughs> Think about, uh, was it, the first God Eater. The PSP version, is I heard, was very difficult. Yeah. Even, like playing the ps4 port that we both played and completed um there were some tough moments so i'm just only imagining like if the original version was more difficult i don't know if i would have enjoyed as much as i wanted to there's nothing never anything wrong with having an easier difficulty there's always going to be those that would like a harder difficulty no problem you know you can do that but always give those who want to enjoy a game and not have to stress about it yeah some of these quality of life and accessibility features in Shin Megami Tensei 3 are going to enhance my enjoyment of the game if I play the PS2 copy of Nocturne I'm gonna have a bad time because when I don't have the time to invest in something like that that's that difficult and there are certain bosses in SMT3 that are notorious for being absolute insanity in the difficulty department the fact that you can have a merciful difficulty that lets you enjoy the story is not a problem What's also awesome is that this version of SMT3 lets you create a suspend state, so you don't necessarily have to save at a save point. Why doesn't every game do this? Every game, not just RPGs. Why can't you just make a suspend state, turn off the game, turn off the console, and then pop back in right where you were? Uh, I, like, I somewhat agree, but I disagree. I agree that certain games need to change where a save point is made but i don't want it to the point where you don't have that that edge of like i better finish this right here right now or you know what let me just save it here this safe location because i know i don't have enough time to play for the next couple minutes i don't yeah, know it's like, you don't want to lose the edge of not saving it's like what if i beat a boss and of course there's a save after you beat a boss but i play for 15 more minutes and the save is 15 minutes behind me and the next save is like 15 minutes in front of me what if i don't want to play for that extra 15 minutes create a suspense state there's it's difficult to really do that one where you don't want to take it away the the suspense of not saving it or saving it also if you can just save it whenever you don't really feel accomplished when you get to a save point but uh i think that's gonna make my smt3 journey a very pleasant one and i think i'm going to have very positive things to say because i always play the shin megami tensei series on the easiest difficulty unless it's persona i'll play on easy instead of safety because safety you might i think you might miss some conversations um with some of the enemies that you can recruit so i kind of stay away from safety but easy is fine but yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to delving into this world of smt3 so just like with metopia i've only played a couple hours I will be reporting back on these in the coming weeks. Uh, so there's that. But speaking of games that need save points, Returnal needs a suspense save. I finally got one of those RNG um, survey trophies on Returnal. Just wanted to throw that mm-hmm. in there real quick. Um, I'm, I'm a little nervous for the next five, but I need that plat at some point, no matter how long it takes. <laughs> yeah, good luck on that. They're RNG, good luck. One other thing I've been playing is more Village, actually. Um... I've been running Mercenaries. 
I want to run it a little more before we go in depth into mercenaries, but I will say that it's not. I don't quite like it as much as RE6, and I believe I said it's because of the, like, multiple areas and multiple times having to stop and sell your excess stuff and buy ammo or buy upgrades. I'm not, like, super big into that aspect of it. But using the sniper rifle in the first couple of stages, I finally turned off the adaptive triggers because Mm -hmm. having to hold it down that hard for the sniper rifle for, like, multiple enemies, like, to get a combo up, I'm like, okay... You know what? Let me just turn this off for this mode because it's not a cinematic experience. I'm going for a score. And I'm just rushing through enemies, going up to them with a sniper rifle. Bam. Going up to another one with a sniper rifle. Bam. And and over and over again. It's very fast and fluid. So I'm, I'm enjoying the first two levels. I, I can't unlock the third because I cannot get an A rank on the second level. So that no plat way. is going to be hard because you need to get an S rank on all eight mercenaries levels. <sighs> And, and a double S, S the, for the lightsaber. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's going to be... that's. I mean, you could barely get to an A. You can only yeah, barely I, get to an A, so it's like, how is this possible? Actually, I did get an S on the first level, but not a double S. So mm. it's like, come on, I, I want the plat, sure, but the lightsaber, I want that even more. <laughs> now, that's cool. That's the real trophy. Yeah, and I see that it's double-bladed like Darth Maul's lightsaber. So that's cool. Aww. I also did a Resident Evil 8 speedrun. I think it was 2 hours and 36 minutes and 10 seconds. I did it. So the trophy was for under 3 hours. I didn't think I was going to pull it off at the point I was at 2 hours. And then for some reason, I it only took like 30 minutes after that. So that's out of the way. And and honestly, it's not a bad game to speedrun. I know I was kind of doubting that earlier on into discussions about this game. But... The speed run ha- was not that bad. I'm just glad I don't have to do it again. Let's just say after you finish that uh, speed run, you're like four more to go. Oh, four more to go. I mean, how many trophies do you think are going to be? Obviously, it's the S ranked on all mercenaries. What's Besides that, what's another trophy that's going to be like difficult to get? I think the only other hard one is Village of Shadows difficulty. But mm-hmm. I have the strongest magnum in the game, the stake uh at infinite mm-hmm. ammo so i'm not really worried about that <laughs> i i did an extra run just to get enough money to upgrade that to infinite ammo so i'm actually not worried about that i i do think the um it's gonna be like a grindy plat but the the uh, mercenaries trophy is gonna be the like the hard trophy the plat blocker um yeah i'm not gonna stress myself about it like anytime soon because I'd rather be advancing the story of Shin Megami Tensei 3 right now than pulling my hair out over mercenaries considering how busy slash stressed I've been. So I'll, I'll, I'll play more mercenaries. I do want to at least unlock all eight stages, which means I need to unlock the third stage. So yeah. Resident Evil 8 Village, like I said to you the other day, I I was a little skeptical at first. We know that, but I think it's I think it's tops right now. I think it's one of the best games that's come out this year. I still need to finish. I still need to play that game. Yeah, surprised I haven't been spoiled by it yet. No, don't get spoiled. We've not had spoilers on this podcast yet. But as soon as you, as soon as you play the story, we gotta have a, a little spoiler cast like we did for Buck Snacks. I like how I was more interested in getting it, but you were the first one to get it, and now you're really like enjoying it. Look, the FOMO hit me hard. It hit me <laughs> hard, but I'm so glad it did because I've really been enjoying it. I've put like 23 hours into this game already anyway um i think the last thing we'll touch on real quick is that you and i played a little more fall guys this week and what do you know tron costumes oh they finally came out well one came out to buy in the store yeah sark the other three were a dlc pack with tron Mm -hmm. cora and rinsler from tron legacy i gotta say if these aren't the best costumes, they're up there because I am a huge fan of the Tron series and just seeing a little Tron like tumble around on Fall Guys is one of my favorite new things. There's so many other skins that I would want before the Tron skin, but I do like the Tron skin. Yeah. But I don't like one of them. What my question is, why was only one of them a store one? Why can all four of them just be a an actual buy? Like with just the PlayStation story. Yeah, it didn't make sense that Tron that Sark was the one to 
like there should have been either one pack with four or two packs of two at like a lower price. I don't know. Um, I am glad that Sark costed kudos. I mean, and and the other didn't cost crowns or something because I'm saving up crowns just in case something really cool drops. And not to mention, it was it just me or was anybody that was wearing that Sark costume seriously being grabbers all night long? <laughs> oh no, yeah, that wasn't just you. I mean, I. I was running the costumes. I don't know why they wouldn't go towards me either, but I, I for sure wasn't abusing the grab system. Listen, just because you're playing as the villain were. doesn't mean you have to be the villain, right? That is true. I wasn't yeah. playing as the villain. Well, Sark is the villain. But I, I was using a running his skin, but I didn't even, I didn't even do nothing no, like that at all. No, you were a good Sark. Yeah. That's the best kind of Sark. <laughs> they couldn't handle the power. So I know you've been playing Death Stranding, you've been playing a lot of Overwatch, and we've been playing a lot of Fall Guys, and I've been playing my RPGs and everything. I still haven't talked about Pokemon Snap, don't worry, it's coming. And I also still haven't talked about Devil May Cry series. And mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that'll come at some point. But um, Some point. Would you say that's a wrap for our 40th episode? I think they should wrap up episode 40. Alright. So listen, listeners, there could be potential amazing Sonic news before this podcast even goes up. So if Sonic 3 & Knuckles with the original Ice Cap Zone music does end up being announced at the Sonic Central, and you're listening to this podcast, we're going to talk about it next week. Um, So like always, we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please check us out on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review. You can also find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our Podbean site. And follow our Twitter at Markers on the Map. We need some more followers. I'm going to keep posting more and more as we go. And I guess there's not much left to say except Sega, as a fan, I'm, I'm begging you, pleading, on my knees, hands clasped, up to the sky, Sega. Please re-release Sonic 3 and Knuckles with the original Ice Cap Zone music. Everybody cross your fingers, cross your toes, cross your eyes, cross your nose. And that the real Naruto Uzumaki Chronicles 2 was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later.